Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Redacted Conversation Podcast. You know, I'm sure with all the controversy it's picked up on social media, most people have probably heard about the new show Little Demon on FX. If you haven't, let me give you the premise on the show. It's an animated horror comedy series centering on Laura, a reluctant mother who was impregnated by Satan 13 years ago, and Chrissy, her antichrist daughter. Try as they might to live an ordinary life in Delaware, the two are constantly thwarted by monstrous forces, including Satan, who yearns for custody of his daughter's soul. Chrissy must also navigate the chaos at his junior high school, while Laura struggles to assimilate to the rhythms of small-town life. You know, I swear, and I don't know why, but trying to read off a script like that, like word for word, just feels so robotic and unnatural for some reason. Maybe it's just me. Sorry, random thoughts. But look, from the description alone, you should probably get a sense that it's probably not a children's show. But, of course, this is not what a lot of evangelicals are spreading around online. Disney just released a new kids show about the Antichrist. Disney is literally desensitizing the young generation to the coming of the Antichrist in the earth. Even putting up spells and pentagrams and satanic rituals on the television, getting into your children. We're getting closer to the return of Jesus than any time before. So the big idea here is that it's a Disney show made by Disney for kids. Now, look, I, I can 100% understand like having concerns about the show itself. I'm sure it goes against a lot of people's beliefs, and that's fine. And I can certainly understand not wanting your kids to watch it. Again, not a kid's show. But the one thing that I cannot understand is disinformation. And the first point that I want to make on that is that FX is a subsidiary of Disney, but this is not a Disney show. And I can already hear people saying this because, well, people have said this in my comment sections. If it's owned by Disney, it's a Disney show. I'm sorry, what? Look, let's look at it like this. Disney holds an 80% stake in ESPN. I love watching Red Wings hockey games. Does that mean every time I watch a hockey game, I'm watching a Disney show? And what about their ownership of ABC? Is, say, for example, Grey's Anatomy, that's a pretty big show, is Grey's Anatomy now a Disney show? Honestly, people really underestimate just how much Disney actually owns. I mean, Pixar, Lucasfilm, Marvel Studios, Touchstone Entertainment, The History Channel, a and &E Network, Lifetime Network, Searchlight Pictures, and Vice Media. Those are all companies that Disney either owns or has stakes in. And that's not even the full list. Point being, not everything is a Disney show. See, when you think of a Disney show, you think of something like, I don't know, Hannah Montana, for example. This is not that. But hey, we all know what this is. It's just more fear-mongering tactics to scare people into believing that everything and everyone is out to get your kids. I mean, think about it. What keeps butts in pews more than fear? Now, my second point to be made here, even though I've kind of already been making it, this is not a kid's show. It's not marketed towards kids. Nothing has been released about it, pointing it towards kids. Yeah, it's a cartoon. There's a lot of adult cartoons. A lot of us listening to this are probably old enough to remember South Park when it first aired. Remember the controversy around that? And I mean, that goes right back around to the aspect of keeping people in fear. Especially fear over harm being done to your children. And I mean, we all know that's a powerful thing when you use it the right way. That's one of the reasons that QAnon grew like it did. It centered itself around the abuse of children and the satanic panic. Nobody wants to see children harmed. And it's absolutely disgusting that people use that for personal gain. Hey, uh, speaking of QAnon though, or at least Q-related, because honestly, I just needed a transition into this next part, 
Donald Trump is apparently being sued by the New York Attorney General. Now, before anyone gets too excited or jumps to any conclusions, this can't include any actual criminal charges. But what it could do is impose some very heavy financial fines against the former president. The lawsuit itself accuses Trump, the Trump Organization, and three of his children, Trump Jr., Eric, and Ivanka, of business fraud and misrepresenting their finances for personal gain. So, I mean, you know, nothing new. It also names Trump's longtime chief financial advisor, Alan Weisenberg, sorry, Weisselberg, who recently pleaded guilty to tax crimes, and Trump Organization controller Jeffrey McConney. They're seeking to recover $250 million and severely restrict the defendants from conducting business in the state moving forward. Now, the attorney general also said at a news conference that she was referring the matter to the Internal Revenue Service and the Justice Department's Southern District of New York for potential criminal prosecution. Now, this also comes as the former president faces potential criminal scrutiny from the federal government, the Manhattan District Attorney, and prosecutors in Fulton County, Georgia, for a variety of issues, including his finances, the January 6th insurrection, and his retention of sensitive government documents at his residence in Florida. Trump's lawyer, Alina Haba, has released a statement saying this, Today's filing is neither focused on the facts nor the law. Rather, it is solely focused on advancing the Attorney General's political agenda. It is abundantly clear that the Attorney General's office has exceeded its statutory authority by prying into transactions where absolutely no wrongdoing has taken place. And, of course, in a string of social media posts, Trump called the suit another witch hunt. Hey, uh, speaking of Trump and social media, and specifically his truthing, Truth Social, the social media company founded by the former president, is continuing to face issues moving forward. According to industry analysts, aside from the obvious like technical and financial troubles it's facing, one of the biggest drawbacks is actually Trump himself. Ryan Neville Shepard, who is an associate professor of communication at the University of Arkansas that researches American political rhetoric, had this to say. Because Truth Social is an echo chamber, mainly for Trump followers, it doesn't have the same kind of diversity in opinion and content that make mainstream social media platforms appeal to the masses. And if it doesn't appeal to the masses, it's not going to be profitable. You know, all that aside, the biggest question that I've always personally had about Trump is how did he end up being the face of evangelical Christianity in America? It's always been kind of inconceivable to me that a religion based on love, acceptance, helping the poor, and lifting up the marginalized could see him as not only a righteous man, but someone deserving to lead that movement. But okay, I guess if we look around at like mainstream evangelical Christianity, it kinda doesn't look anything like the religion described in the Bible. I mean, it doesn't care about people, it's 100% self-serving. It's all based around bad interpretations of scripture, and in some cases, actually a lot of cases, a complete ignoring of scripture altogether. Now, I've always said, and you know, I know it's not everybody's opinion, but I have no issue with Christianity. I hold an issue with the people claiming to be followers of that religion. That being said, I know some great Christians, people who genuinely care about everyone, people who actually follow the example of Jesus in the New Testament. The only real problem with that is they seem to be the minority. In fact, there's a battle raging around those who would consider themselves to be mainstream evangelicals and those who would consider themselves to be progressive Christians. Now, this isn't a new battle, but it has been far amplified since the election of Trump. 
Now, you know, does that mean that progressive Christians are more likely to be doctrinally sound? Not always, but they do seem to be more so than conservative evangelicals. I mean, at the very least, they tend to embody the teachings of Christ more than most conservatives do. Of course, when you really look at it, almost anybody that's not like a far-right conservative evangelical is now considered by them to be a progressive Christian. It's a big part of the us versus them mentality they've been pushing. It's a huge draw that keeps people under their control. If you can successfully other everybody that's not in your fold, then you can successfully control the minds of those who are. Give the people an enemy. It's one of the big things that unites people. All right, let's do my Trash Preacher of the Week. Welcome to the Trash Preacher of the Week. Now, today's selection is going to come to us from a very familiar face, or in this case, voice, Greg Locke. Say it again. You live like hell. That's where you go. You cannot be saved and live your life like a wicked, ungodly individual in complete disrespect and disobedience to the Bible. You just can't. You ain't going to be perfect, but you're going to be different. And we got people that believe the right things, but they've never believed the who. They got the what, but not the who. Now, he starts right out saying that you can't live in complete disrespect to the Bible. And this is why I've chosen him, because this is a very hypocritical message for him. Keep in mind, Locke is the same preacher who left his marriage for the church secretary. There was also some pretty damning text messages between Locke and his ex-wife released, but a lot of them have been deleted, so it's really hard to confirm that. So for this, I'm going to stick to public knowledge on the subject. Public knowledge like, for example, promoting violence. In fact, he did a sermon where he specifically said, talking about the insurrection, you haven't seen an insurrection yet. Hey, we're going to talk about the insurrection. Mm, let me tell you something. You ain't seen an insurrection yet. You keep on pushing our buttons, you low-down, sorry, compromisers. You God-hating communist America. You'll find out what an insurrection is because we ain't playing your garbage. We ain't playing your mess. My Bible says that the church of the living God is an institution that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And the Bible says that we'll take it by force. That's what the Bible says. Proverbs 11:5. The Lord tests the righteous but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Now let's go New Testament. Matthew 26, verses 52 through 54. Then Jesus said to him, put your sword back in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father? And he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? But then how should the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? He also promounds unfounded conspiracy theories, or in other words, he promotes lies. What does the Bible have to say about that? About John 8, 44. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So yeah, I'm kind of thinking the Bible doesn't like liars. And then there's his book burnings constantly calling people out who he thinks are witches. He really just seems to go from one extreme to another, constantly promoting the idea that anybody who doesn't believe exactly as he does, especially when it comes to politics, is some kind of a witch or a demon. I believe that's bearing false witness against your neighbor, which is actually in the Ten Commandments. And for those reasons, he's my selection for this week. So I don't know who's heard this one yet, but GOP House candidate J.R. Majewski was recently trending on Twitter. You might remember him from these famous remarks speaking at a Trump rally. Tell you what, speaking at a rally for a guy like me that grew up in uh, Toledo, Ohio, I got eagle bumps. You don't get goosebumps here. If you're at a Trump rally, 
You get eagle bumps, am I right? Well, now he's under fire for possibly lying about his military service. Majewski presents himself as an Air Force combat veteran who deployed to Afghanistan after the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Once describing tough conditions, including a lack of running water that forced him to go more than 40 days without a shower. Why do I have a feeling that that's probably something he does in civilian life anyway? Well, as it turns out, public records indicate Majewski never deployed to Afghanistan, but instead completed a six-month stint helping to load planes at an airbase in Qatar, a longtime U.S. ally that is a safe distance from the fighting. In fact, he even posted documentation on Twitter, and this is the best part. He got immediately called out by other veterans. Now, in defense of his record and reputation, he gave this statement. This story was placed by the liberal media and my opponent, Marcy Kaptur, with the malicious intent to not only destroy my political campaign, but also my character. It's almost impossible for me to tell you where I was on what day. That's why my orders are, click, are listed as a classified location. Marcy Kaptur and the Associated Press, you are a disgrace to veterans who serve this country. I demand a public apology. I serve my country proudly, like thousands of other service members. Now look, he did serve. And it would stand to reason that that alone should have been a good point on his resume. So intentionally lying about and exaggerating his military service really wasn't necessary. And of course, this is coming from a man who publicly claims to love God, or in his own words, God, guns, and Trump. But remember, Mr. Majewski, what Proverbs 12:22 says, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in the people who are trustworthy. You, sir, do not appear to be trustworthy. So hey, if you guys enjoyed that, please give a review on Spotify or Apple if you're listening there. And I will catch you guys next Thursday. Have a great week.